22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 53. The show with the three dudes that are not afraid to ask the major questions like, if you watch three movies of Channing Tatum in a row, is that bad? It's part of the apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm saying that because um, the day that we saw the movie that we're reviewing today, I ended up going home and then watching um, 21 and 22 Jump Street at home. Yeah. It was funny. I actually liked it. (laughs) And yeah, and hence all the rest of your hair fell out. Wow. <laughs> well, as ever, already? Really? Why Damn. <laughs> I think Ralph's making up for the couple of weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so as you know, I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And as always, I'm here with the man who takes the term perfectionist to a whole other level. Lord knows where that level is. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. When I'm in command, every mission is a suicide mission. <laughs> Zach Brannigan. I love Zach Brannigan. <laughs> <laughs> and also... He, I'm also here with the man with the power and the juice, literally, to keep the show going, RT Square or Ralph the Tech. Let me tell you something you don't know about programmers. They are a special tool that can turn caffeine into code. Oh, wow. <laughs> he gave himself a, his own rim shot. <laughs> He's very flexible. <laughs> rim shot, rim job. Here we go. All right. <laughs> It's funny because there's, um, there's so many things going on in the geek world, and we're not going to be able to touch touch on it because we have so much going on in this show. Um, but before I get to that, all I got to say is, has anybody saw Flash and Arrow? Don't say anything. Don't spoil it. Has anybody seen the last two episodes? Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. There was a tank in it. Of course I was watching <laughs> I got your text at work. That made me, that made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one with the tank. If you're not watching Flash, you're missing out on a lot. You need to catch up. Definitely, definitely a lot. But- Aside from that, today's show, we're going to be reviewing the movie by the Wachowskis, Jupiter Ascending. Take a deep breath for that one. Plus, we brought... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. It's like Hall's mental effects. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we brought back four of our video game experts, Steve-O, P-Tangle Patrick, uh, Mr. Cooper, a.k.a. Ivan, and Big Kev, and they're going to be involved in our first ever video game battle world. Let's see how that My goes. My God, there's like five people that I can't stand here today. <laughs> wow, five? Yeah. Are all your alter egos in here? Uh, no, those four and then one of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably me because you have the juice because you can cut off his mic. That's true. <laughs> but He's you know, learning, folks. He's learning. <laughs> all I'm saying is I'm excited. It's going to be a really good show. It's something we've never done before. Let's get it started how we always start the show. Let's go into the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Kyle. Hey, yeah, this quick news. I, it's not interesting. Is it doom and gloom news? No, it's just, it feels like filler news. Filler news? What's happening? What is this, anime? All the fillers. <laughs> yes, I'll just stare quietly at the mic. <laughs> You'll know what I mean. <laughs> All right. So 12 years after Sunnydale's Hellmouth collapsed into a crater known as present-day Detroit, there is news of yet another bad day in the Buffyverse. The hit TV show's seminal high school nerd, Nicholas Brendan, was arrested and charged with grand theft and criminal mischief after trashing his, his Hilton hotel room and refusing to pay his $380 food bill. The actor, formerly known as Xander, claims, uh, claims to have mixed alcohol with the pain medication he was taking to manage a cyst behind his kneecap. 
Uh, Brendan was at the Fort Lauderdale, Florida, attending uh, the Shock Pop Comic Con at the time of the incident. Uh, I don't know. I, I just thought that was just kind of a sad, <laughs> sad ending for like you know these guys there. It's like when you talk about the Goonie kids and you yeah. find out one of them has done something like one's for sexual assault, one is you know like for stealing like lollipops somewhere. It's like yeah. sad. It's like where have you gone? What's yeah. happened to you? Or did, did you hear about Screech? Oh, uh, everybody's heard about Screech. his pseudo porn. <laughs> no, 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 something else. He got arrested for murder. He killed the guy. Really? Um, and was it New Year's Day or Christmas Day or something like that? Something like that. He I got drunk it. at a bar and he stabbed a guy. So for all those who don't know, Screech from Saved by the Bell, um, a.k.a. actor Dustin Diamond, yeah. um, has had a lot of problems with the law. Wait, I don't think he murdered him. I think he just stabbed the guy. I don't think, he's I think it was assault. Yeah, and he I think it was just him. assault, yeah. So I think so, anyhow. <laughs> now the text go look that up. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, like maybe with uh, Nicholas Brendan, you know, maybe this disturbance will, you know, give him uh, a boost like, you know, he'll get his own sitcom like all the other Buffy characters or something like that. Or, or like, yeah, like uh, How oh. I Met Your Mother in Jail. <laughs> mother father <laughs> um it, it kind of reminds me of i mean if that happens i'd be like wow that's very charlie sheen of him yeah exactly <laughs> and has anybody watched that show by the way before he goes to the next news um, i don't watch anything with charlie sheen no anger management no i Re- just can't really i just can't wow okay well yeah we have a very high brow taste no for i mean it. it could be a funny show. i've never watched it i just can't stand charlie sheen i mean you know he used to be you know funny and just you know that guy and now he's just a mess and i don't want to support him <laughs> now he's that guy yeah well in uh two and a half men just finally ended yeah that's about to say they had a serious finale right yeah and, and throughout the whole series they were just making fun of charlie sheen oh wow yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, the whole ending was just making oh fun that's of very sheen. interesting i wonder and what then, he thinks about that at, at the because they, they make it seem in order to introduce Aston Kutcher, they said that Charlie Sheen's character had died, right? Right. But then at the very episode, at the end, they, it turns out that he wasn't dead. That the woman that he married—spoilers was psychotic—and <laughs> um, kidnapped him and had him locked in a dungeon. And then he gets out, and then he's like going around to get. So his he showed up on the show. No, no. Oh, oh. At the very end, they had a body, a body double, okay, dressed as him with the hair and everything combed. Just show from the back. And then yeah, and then like a, a panel just falls on him. Wow. And, and then you see the director, and he says, like, uh, I think it was, like, Justice or something like that. And then a piano falls. Apart. I have watched, in, in its many years of, of showing, I think I've seen all of half of one episode of Two and a Half Men, and that that was more than I needed to know about it. Well, once again, highbrow humor. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just a stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, what else we got there, right. MFG? So what happens when the planet of the apes meets the X-Men? We get Nightcrawler. Remember that annoying kid in the dawn of the Planet of the Apes that was act um, that was outacted by the CGI scenery? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Cody Smith McPhee has been cast as young Nightcrawler in Brian Singer's upcoming X Men Apocalypse movie. What do we think about that? Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm not going to groan. I'm, I'm I'm trying to be less haterific and more more embracing. like me, embracing, right. accepting, unifying. No, 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 no. This is an opposite world, maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying, me you know, bizarro. <laughs> it's almost like the same thing that MFG always says about you know people see a glimpse of a coming attraction or they see an image of a character in an upcoming movie and they're like that movie's gonna be awesome yeah exactly i'm gonna take the opposite approach and sometimes we hear certain people getting cast and we think that movie's gonna be shit i'm not gonna take that you mean like batman v superman when everyone jumped down poor ben affleck's throat yeah (laughs) that's ben affleck (laughs) Uh uh-huh he's a good actor man you're accepting of everything bro (laughs) that's what makes me so great (laughs) great at accepting everything (laughs) he's great at that no i mean i have no appeal uh any feeling one way or another about this kid taking on nightcrawler yeah i mean i I don't know what other kind of acting chops he has i haven't seen him in anything else so yeah i'm open to see it i just nightcrawler 
I don't know. I just felt like he should have stayed dead in the comics and leave him out of the. Well, he's leave. actually a huge character in the Marvel world. I mean, like he has a huge fan base. He's one of those characters that they really Nightcrawler. Yeah, it's because he could teleport, and everybody. It's also he teleport. is he is a visible freak. I think that has a lot to do with it too. You know. And, okay, I can see that. And and also his heart's there. You know, what I mean, like you know, he's he's a freak, but he never just turned into one. You know, that kind of a thing. He's but an angelic devil. Yeah. You know. Yeah. when he came a priest, that was just ridiculous. Though. <laughs> so, one, 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 what's the, what's the, uh, the the actor's name? Cody uh, Smith McPhee. Yeah, Cody Smith McPhee. How old is he? Look. I don't know. Look, you're dead. Oh, no, no, I, I know who he How is. Old is he? I don't know because I was thinking, you know, like, is he going to be in the clip from Brian Singer? <laughs> He's 18. <laughs> he's 18. He's way past Brian's age now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, and, and there goes my question. All right. <laughs> All right. So more news in the recast Orama drama. Daniel Cudmore. Who? Yeah. The yeah. guy that played Colossus in X2 and X-Men last stank is unemployed <laughs> and has not been recast as a mutant with the organic steel sphincter in Spock's Deadpool movie starring Ryan Reynolds. The classic X- X-Men hero, though. Has a role in the forthcoming film about everyone's favorite twenty years ago, Merc with the Mouth, but director Tim Miller has not announced the actor that will portray him. Hmm. So we will have Colossus, but we will not have the one that we know. Yeah. Um, that Colossus wasn't that great in acting he anyway. Wasn't, yeah, I mean, he was he, just there. He had like three lines in the whole movie. Yeah. Well, he had like two lines in in X two, and then like in, in X three, he he had like maybe a couple more lines after that. One of them, one of the lines in X two was a grunt because it was like because uh, Wolverine is like, uh, hey, big guy. Uh, can you throw me? And he's like, Her. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure that was in the script. Brian Singer made sure to write that down. Yeah, the grunt. You gotta have the grunt. <laughs> I said not to ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't know about. I mean, Colossus in the Deadpool movie. I'm wondering how they're gonna do that. Or oh, the, they've actually been calling me to see if I wanted to do it. I turned them down. They didn't ask me. They didn't offer me enough money. I really wish podcasts were visual so they could show so they could show the blank stare I'm fucking giving you now. <laughs> Mike, can we go to the next one? All right, time for the worst. Keeper of secrets ever. Ralph. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. pretty much up there. You wouldn't believe the secrets that I have. <laughs> I, I believe it. Uh, Marvel Comics revealed uh, yet another Secret War secret. Uh, writer Jerry Dugan and illustrator uh, Dustin Weaver helm a new Infinity Gauntlet series set in Battle World. The story involves a young black woman named Anwen who discovers one of the famous stones. The cover of the soon to be serial shows Anwen dressed as Nova Corps with a red helmet version of the uniform. The writer describes the book as, quote, a post-apocalyptic coming-of-age adventure yarn, end quote. And, of course, Thanos will be involved. Okay. Of course. Yeah, of course. I, I, just, I don't even know if I can care. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think all of us oh, are kind of oh, waiting for... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Rob. Try a little bit. Um, no, no, that was just guess. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but, I mean, I think all of us, or at least yeah, I can only speak for myself... I'm a little disappointed in the whole um, Marvel reboot. So everything that's coming out or they're saying that they're, com- they're coming out with, I'm not happy about. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck. And, I, and I'm not like that. I've never really been like that with Marvel. I'm really like that. It's called now. getting old. Is it called getting old? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just get t- I think it's a lot of you just get tired of watching your world just, just get raped. You know, and especially with the comics, it's like every other year. Wow, that's just a strong term, bro. <laughs> well, it really is what it feels like because it does. It's not like just we're not talking change. Like, for instance, I don't know. I mean, just let's just go to pre New 52. Okay? OK, let's for the sake of argument and just said, oh, you know, Superman, they're taking the S off his cape. You know, you know, you get some diehards are going to care, but otherwise you'd be like, I don't care. Right. But if you're suddenly going to be like, you know, he's 13 and, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're just like, OK, why? And and then to say he has no back history or to say, like, you know, mom, pa, Kent were like crack addicts. You know, after a while, you're just <laughs> going to be like, why are you doing this to my childhood? Like, yeah. you know, 
it, there's pointless after a while. <laughs> <laughs> so raped. Okay, yeah. well, I mean, and I don't like using that term, but you know what? It's appropriate. Go ahead. <laughs> All righty. Jim Starlin has risen from the grave. Yes. He wasn't in yet. Uh, and made a deal to bring his creator-owned series Dreadstar to television. Now, Dreadstar, for the unsophisticated hoes at home, is kind of like a cosmic space opera that revolved around uh, Vanth Dreadstar, who was the sole survivor of the entire Milky Way galaxy, along with the very deadly cyborg sorcerer Sizigi Darklock, you can't say that five times fast, and others, Dreadstar fights uh, to end a timeless war between two evil empires called the Church of the Instrumentality and the Monarchy. You can tell by the Empire's names that this is a thinking man's comic. It's not just all, you know, blow up and whatnot. Dreadstar's main weapon is an enchanted sword that he can absorb into his body and that grants him various abilities such as enhanced strength, reaction time, healing, and immortality. Because I think, like, part of the story takes place one million years after the Milky Way galaxy was blown up and he's still alive, Hmm. Um, if I remember correctly. He's an immortal? Well, he it grants him immortality. Oh. The, the sword does. Uh, the character first appeared in Marvel's short-lived creator-owned Epic Comics line, Epic Illustrated Magazine number one, in oh, spring 1980. Oh my God! The announcement added to Starling's uh, revised popularity as he was also the creator of the Mad Titan Thanos for Marvel Comics, who first appeared in Iron Man number 55. I was just gonna say that. I was like, Starlin, Starlin is known for that, and didn't he also um, work on, if not create, the idea for the Infinity Gauntlet for that miniseries? Probably. I mean, that he works on it. He he loves big space operas. That's his thing. Uh, but Dreadstar yeah. was was a really good comic. I never read all of it, but it is like I said, it is a lot of thinking that goes on um, because it is, as you imagine, from the Church of Instrumentality and the Monarchy, like it's very religion versus state kind of a thing going on. And like then Dune. Us, Kind of. I mean, in that kind of a sense, you know, with us caught in between, like, you know, with everyone else caught in between and the after effects of, you know, life is destruction as right. these two things war. You know, but it's, it's really that's good. So I'm excited that it's coming to TV. I can't wait to see how so it goes. He absorbs the sword. He can absorb it. He yeah. can absorb the sword. And how does he absorb the sword? It's enchanted. It's a magic sword. So where does he have to stick it? Uh, they don't say. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Ralph Surge thought went went two minutes for that part of the joke, <laughs> which I was going to go for. High five. Well done. <laughs> I will kill you with this sword. No, <laughs> it's, it's almost out. Oh. Someone give me that prune juice. Oh my god. <laughs> but you know what's funny? I saw Dreadstar. I saw the advertisement for that, and you know what I thought about? Do you have a Black Star? Yeah. What did you think of Black Star? It was the kids' show from uh, like the yeah. late eighties, wasn't it? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was kind of like He Man almost, but not really. I only vaguely remember it. I wasn't born yet, so I only watched John Blackstar. I think he landed on a, on yeah. a, on, a um, on an alien planet. Right. He had one half of the sword, and, right? And he put both half of the swords. It's like it was like Thundercats and He Man together mm-hmm. with Flash Gordon. It was it was yeah. weird. It was, a, it was I think it was a oh, filmation. And I he wrote so. a, he wrote a, a like a dragon kind of thing, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was. I remember having a toy. He was like the only. Superhero that wasn't blonde hair, blue eyes. He was like tan and he looked like Tarzan. Okay. Oh, and he put it up on uh, Good job, Tech. All right. What else you got there? Alrighty. Uh, let's see. Hmm. What could we talk about? How about what's next up for the Suicide Squad recruitment? Can we say Robocop? What? All right. Not quite. Uh, <laughs> but Robo Reboot Cop star Joel Kinsman, uh, Kinnaman, excuse me, is supposedly in early talks to take on the role of Rick Flagg, which was a part previously owned by Tom Hardy and that has been passed around like a hot potato by other Hollywood names. After Tom Hardy stomped off like a bitch. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I guess, dead or alive, that part's coming to him. <laughs> or either that or he, he bought that for a dollar. 
Oh, <laughs> bought that for a dollar. Yeah, so we could have him in the movie. I like I like uh, Joel Kinnaman. I think he's a really good actor. You just didn't like Robocop. Robocop was just horrible. <laughs> that was just horrible. Well, I'm trying to think. Who else was considered for Rick Flag? I think Jake Gyllenhaal, we said at one point yeah, was. He was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so so who's getting top billing? Will Smith. Okay, fuck it. No. <laughs> Which I'm still... Will getting... Smith's getting top... But I thought this was a DC movie. I didn't think black people were allowed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ralph's nice and warmed up. Well, it's Mike. <laughs> All right, what's more sinfully salacious than rolling around covered in oil on a plastic tarp with Sony and Marvel execs, Spider-Man, and a truckload of money? Well, if you put it like that, nothing is. But, uh, <laughs> which is why it's so surprising that Sony is pimping out Peter Parker's arachnid radiated posterior to Marvel, yet the two aren't exchanging any loot. Bones, cheddar, shekels, lettuce, fins. Cabbage, scratch, moolah, dough. Pieces <laughs> of eight, stacks, seeds, all right, all right, all right, all right. Fibers, got... lucre, difference. Oh Saw bucks, coins, bucks. Wads, greenbacks, dead presidents. Smashers, simoleons, <laughs> doubloons, jacksons, payola, mazuma. Not even a wampum. <laughs> I swear to God, the next time you tell me you're doing research, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I hope it's not for fucking synonyms. <laughs> you forgot the Benjamins. I didn't forget them. I just didn't like them. Oh. <laughs> so what are these two powerhouses of entertainment getting? That seems unclear for now, but Sony has not relinquished control of the wall crawler and is continuing with its plans for Sinister Six, Venom, and female spider-powered spinoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how this all goes down. I mean, right. I know that Marvel's maintaining a certain amount of control in the movies that they're doing, and I think to a point, the Spider-Man ones that Sony's doing, but then after that, I don't know what happens. From, from what I've read, it's that uh, uh, Marvel gets to use the Spider-Man in, in their movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can create their own Spider-Man films, and there will be no no money exchange right. between them. So, like, they won't make any profit from either one. Right. But they can use each other to promote each other's movies. Right. But at the same time, though, there still isn't said that whether or not Sony can have any of the Marvels, you know, the, their MCU in their movies, though. No. You know, so that's yeah, what we we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, you know, when when Marvel makes a Spider-Man movie, do they have access to any of his villains? We don't know. I mean, nothing's been said. Does he even have, do they have access to Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy? Like, we don't know. Sandman. And yeah, any guys, of that. yeah, so that'll be interesting. Also, it's been, uh, oh, actually, I think it's been going around. I think Variety Magazine, I don't know where they supposedly got it from, but they're saying that um, Marvel is planning on Spider-Man will be a high schooler again. So they're going back young. They're going young. Yeah, wow. they're going, which is fine with me. I have no problem with that. Um, which is which is funny because when I was uh, talking with a, another former uh, guest that we had here, Jazz, we were talking about that. Shout uh, out to Jazz. And um, I was saying that it would be in- that would actually be an interesting point to have for the Civil War, for instance, would be that you know here's this kid that idolized these heroes now has power and is seeing them argue. You know, if that's the case of what's going to happen. But yeah, interesting things too, like you know that you know Marvel plans on introducing Spider-Man in Civil War. But even when I'm and it's stuff that I had brought up the very first day that was announced. It's starting to hit the you know the talks now, which is, but how are you going to introduce him? I mean, like you know, right. especially if this is now a young Peter Parker, that means we need an origin story. But you're already going to be introducing Black Panther and all these other characters in there. You don't have time to give me a Spider-Man origin story. Nope. So how are you going to do this? And and then you know again things I had brought up before. They're like, well, and if he's making a side with one or the other, or even trying to stay down in the middle, why? We don't know who he is. I, <laughs> you know, Ralph, you gonna say something? Because they'll probably just they. They might not touch on the whole backstory. They'll introduce him as a character and then just hope that people aren't as critical as you are and say, hey, (laughs) 
I don't know this guy just because you're gonna give me a story. Well, I mean, let's put it this way: if he walked up and just went, "I agree with," and then pick one of the sides, why would he? I, he's a you know, he's a teenager that we know nothing about. Like, we don't know why he would agree or disagree with anything. May I throw throw out a suggestion? Yeah. Is it possible to um, have the because what we have, we have before you even have Spider Man appearing in Captain America's movie, we still have. Avengers two, right. we have Ant Man, we have Black Panther, we have no. we have a couple of movies going into it, right? Spider Man is preempting anything after Avengers two. Like, I mean, that's coming out later on. Remember Black Panther and I think the Thor and everything else after they've all been postponed. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was thinking if if you have a couple of movies, like two or three movies, you know, how comic books now or at least now comic books do it where they tell the main story mm-hmm. and then in order to be able to get you interested in the character they have like a side two page story right. that continues in other comic books to kind of get you to understand who this character is so when they introduce them it's not uh, like out of I think one I think after Ant-Man Ralph are you I'm not sure if you're up on it either the next movie or at least one of the couple of next movies will be a Spider-Man movie like he'll be 2017 I believe right Hmm. I think so. It, they won't have much time. So I mean, that, and that will be a Spider-Man movie. Shit. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know where they're going to go with this. Idea blown. Okay. <laughs> That'd be pretty interesting. With the idea being blown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, what you got? Last but not least. Oh, I, th- I could have sworn you th- you said that. I'm sorry. Ant-Man no. is July 17th. Avengers is May 1st. And. Uh, Captain Marvel Civil War is May 6, 2016. Then it's Doctor Strange, November 4th, 2016. Then Guardians of the Galaxy 2, May 5th, 2017. All right. Unnamed Spider-Man film, right. July 28th, 2017. Right, okay. yeah. And see, then see, everything else will come after that. See, so, you've right. got, so you've got four movies before four, you right. do the Spider-Man. Yeah, but at the same time, you have to ask yourself how generous it's only going to be with their property. <laughs> you know. The Black Panther movie comes out 2018. Yeah. Ah. And then you got, that's after Avengers Affinity War Part 1, Ooh. 2018, May 4th. Which Joss Whedon said he's not doing. And then really? Captain yeah. Marvel. Wow. That's scary. 2018. It's scary that he's I mean, that he's setting up for something he's not well, going well, to he, do. Well, he, the reason why I said he goes, I love working on, I mean, I'm, I'm going off the top of the head. He said he likes doing the movies, but he's already dedicated so much time in doing these movies. And right. it takes a lot of work and yeah. a lot of, and a lot of, it. and then to build up for this big storyline to go across a bunch of other movies, mm-hmm. it's just too difficult. He's yeah. like, you know, I, I'll stop. <coughs> I'll stop after Avengers 2. I'll be around the Marvel Universe. I'm just not going to do. Something as daunting as Infinity, as Infinity War or whatever. I can appreciate that. I, I can't wait for this last one. Inhumans right. 2019. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dealing with the Inhumans in the meantime. So okay. that'll be pretty interesting. I'm so far behind on that show. Yeah. Yeah. You're not even in the running for it. Catch up, man. Alrighty. So <laughs> it won't be my fault more. when I spoil it. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> All right. Yes, yes. Who out there hasn't bartered their immortal soul for the gift of fame, power, money, immortality, or a chance to be just like me? Uh, <laughs> then it can't possibly come as any surprise that the redhead of Riverdale's last issue ends with a tribute to Satan. What? All right, just kind of. After a <laughs> 73-year run that began in 1942, that math assist was for the numerically challenged actors I know, uh, Archie will close shop with June's issue number 666. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what, and no tears? Well, then to hell with you all because Archie will return in the summer with Archie number one. The relaunch is said to provide a new look and a fresh start for the ginger, the working girl slut, the tr- uh, the trust fund slut, the stoner best bud, the a-hole frenemy, and the fucktard jock, and all the rest of the background minorities. <laughs> so they've got a new thing coming out soon. So they're going to stop at 666. Which is just weird. And, yeah, it is weird. And then they're going to... But, but that 
ever since the the new the creative team have taken over for, for Archie, they've taken they made some bold decisions oh, on yeah. on how they're approaching their comics. I mean, killing off Archie, having an Archie zombie comic, having some crossovers yeah, with and, the Predator. I think. Yeah. Yeah. By, by bold, do you mean dark as fuck? Dude, it, it, so they've been fun. I mean, like this will still be an Archie comic, though. Like you know, they never got rid of the original Archies and stuff right. like that. So this is going back to that, but just updating, I guess, is what they're going to do. Yeah, but I, I like what the what Archie's been doing because Archie for me has always been. I mean, as a kid, you, you know, you're like oh wow, that's kind of cutesy, and then when you're older, you're like oh, it's it's that freaking the the comic book that you see in the supermarket that's on the aisle right next to like the Inquirer and something right. like that. It's not really any, of any interest. This actually pumps a lot of interest into the comic book again. I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, I still don't probably buy it, but nonetheless. Well, I say buy it as an interest. It made you stop and go, <laughs> as opposed to, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. It'll make him look at it and uh, raise his eyebrows at it. It's, like, yeah, it's the only hair he has on his head, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a mustache and beard. <laughs> yeah, that's what you call it. <laughs> Coming from the guy with the with the spacey patches, right? Okay, we like to call it clean shaven and sexy stubble. <laughs> we like to call it needy. <laughs> All right, so we got one last thing. Because so, no quick news is complete without mentioning something in the CW universe. Uh, in an interview with Comic Book Resources, Robbie Amell spoke about his portrayal of Firestorm, the Nuclear Man, uh, otherwise known as Ronnie Raymond, on the Flash. Robbie says that the creators are sticking with flying and projecting nuclear flames for now, but molecular transformation will probably come along sometime. When asked about his on-screen fiancé becoming Killer Frost, he said, quote, I think there's a tease coming in the next few episodes for Killer Frost, end quote. And as for the well-beloved Firestorm uniform, Amel said the red and yellow costume would be hard to pull off, especially if it, quote, goes the Ronald McDonald route with the puffy sleeves, end quote. <laughs> so it looks like it would be uh, the splicer as a defining look on whatever clothing Ronnie happens to be wearing when he transforms. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because, I mean... I- I don't want to give away spoilers, but there's a part where they show Firestorm using some kind of apparatus on his chest, and everybody's kind of like, wow. That's the Splicer. Yeah, yeah, the Splicer, but I'm saying, like, you know, I I wasn't trying to give too much away, but, you know, know, when when they put the Splicer on. It's just a Splicer. It's not like you're telling them how it works or anything. Or why? <laughs> or these nine other things? <laughs> <laughs> but but when they showed that design, I was like, oh man, that's, that's cool. Because that's the, his logo, on right? Shirt. Yeah, it's I know. So cool. When I yeah, it's a really good look. When I saw that, I was like, holy shit! Yeah, it was it was a nice way. The I mean, you know, only thing is like if it just glowed more because it's because in the comic it's not really that sort of look. It's just really a yeah. big yellow circle. Yeah, you know, with lines coming out of it and stuff like that. But this was I thought it was a really good way of trying to get the idea in. It's, it's supposed to represent an atom. And then the, yeah. the spirits of the atom right around it. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, if you know. if you look at it in a three dimensional space, it's an atom. Yeah, because it wraps around his body, so it's really a lot bigger of an image. Yeah. Okay. All both, right. Both the comic and the uh, uniform. Right. It actually goes in around the back. The more you know. Shush. <laughs> Is that all your quick news? That's all the quick news I have. Yeah, I don't have any quick news. Thank what about, God. <laughs> what about you, there, uh, Ralphie boy? Uh, well, I heard that Steven Spielberg is in talks to have um, Chris Pratt portray the next indiana jones yeah well that was the talk a little bit ago and i'm not happy about that it's not because i have anything about chris uh, against chris pratt it's just i don't need to see you in all of my major franchises like anyone it doesn't matter who it is i, I don't he's, like that he's in know? jurassic world yeah you're right exactly so you figure you have Gar- Guardians of the galaxy a franchise jurassic park again is a franchise and then i don't need to see indiana jones because i mean these actors today, again, I may have enjoyed him in Guardians of the Galaxy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's no, he's not an actor from way back in the day when they actually had to really act. 
it's like you just kind of be a little bit version of yourself and that's what we get which means I'm just going to get the same character in three different movie right. franchises and I don't want that you know it's like when they have when they had comedians inserted into um movie roles they would say okay well we're gonna have the basic script here and for you we're gonna let you ad lib to whatever you want to do right like with Chris Rock in Lethal Weapon 4 he they did that they, they said that they would have um, Pesci and Glover and um, Gibson on script and then whatever scene Chris Rock was in right. he would have to ad lib so it's almost like him just being himself which is not really being a character it's not really acting right so I see what you're saying yeah. and then you're bringing that same character type to every single movie yeah. you get a little tiresome yeah it just gets tiresome I think well that was um, what was it? if someone was trying to do that oh like that was that fear with um, Christian Bale when he was still doing the Batman and then they had brought him in for John Connor right and then that flopped <laughs> I haven't seen John Connor. That I mean, John Connor. Um, Terminator Salvation. Don't don't bother. Really, it's really, it really is a bad movie. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you, Ralph. <laughs> you can't even defend it. He, he, he keeps <laughs> he's trying to. He's trying to defend it. That's how bad this movie is. <laughs> even even our angel Ralph is having a hard time with this one. I say this. It wasn't memorable. <laughs> okay, so then I think we just said that's Ralph for it was a bad movie. <laughs> Transitioning from one bad movie to another. <laughs> wow, what a that, segue. Hey, what a segue. <laughs> um, let's go to the first half of the show and talk about the the Wachowski. I keep saying it wrong. The Watusi? The Watusi. <laughs> I wanted to do the Watusi after that. Um, the Wachowski film, Jupiter Ascending. And before we start, press the button. Not that anybody would care. Warning. This segment may contain spoilers, so leave Ralph alone. I'm not going to be the only one spoiling. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting is that we, I mean, we haven't really talked about this with each other after we saw the movie, so. Because we didn't want to talk about it. It's like, it's like you know, having experienced rape all at the same time. I'm bringing it up again. <laughs> what's up, dude? dude? <laughs> We're going to have SVU knocking on our door soon. <laughs> it's, it's more like you had, you know, um, you got too excited and you finished too quickly. And then you're just laying there with your partner, and you don't want to discuss it, and you're just like that awkward silence. That's I, what happened at the end of the movie. I know nothing about what he's talking about. <laughs> Cap, have you ever experienced this problem? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived a long time, the good and bad times, and those bad times sound like that. <laughs> so, just to make a segue away from that awkwardness, <laughs> with, a, with a synopsis. I, I guess he's finished that conversation too soon. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, us, us when it's quick, quick uh, yeah what the heck at least it, yes thank you I was gonna say that what's up with us with this whole quickly kind of um, theme going on even before the podcast oh, no, too knows? quick to, yeah whatever <laughs> the, the theme on, of the day we're on flash mode well, I'm I'm still Aww. upset because uh, when we were listening to some, uh, we were listening to a commercial that we just recently recorded, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I swear I don't sound like that normally. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking I sound like Barry White, and evidently I sound like Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked as anybody, you know. So I'm well, still upset. Listen, oh. you, you know, we all can have the smooth, velvety voice. Yeah, it's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> I had to step on my balls for that one. <laughs> and with the synopsis. You had to get him back from Gigi first. Oh. oh I can hear her listening to me. That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> Call me fat one more time. I fucking dare you. <laughs> and now with the synopsis for Jupiter Ascending, which is not going to be as interesting as, as that little back and forth we just had right now, is MFG Mike the Finance Guy. Yay. Back to me. Not like you just haven't heard my voice just moments ago. Yeah, no, I was about to do the synopsis, but you know. Yeah, 
Sure. We, we know the tangent you'd throw. I do the synopsises. Because I do them well. Synopsises? I thought it was synopsis. Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter Ascending is the latest self-masturbatory CGI-laden time waster that was produced, written, and directed by Wachowski siblings Lana and Andy. Clocking in at 127 minutes, you science nerds now have an accurate constant to use in your waste of time equation. <laughs> All right, here's a synopsis. Family Guy's Meg, Magic Mike, Hillary Quinton, and a guy that looks like he was whacked in the mouth with a cricket bat parade in front of a green screen hoping something interesting will happen. And it doesn't. Myla Kunis is Jupiter Jones, a toilet cleaner to the wealthy who discovers that she is the reincarnated royal matriarch of three shameless and incestuous children that are trying to kill her in order to inherit the earth and harvest all humans on the planet. Why? To maintain profits made by the family's business. Well, what's the family's business? Youth serum. What's the serum made from? You. From there, we meet, <laughs> from there we meet wolf human hybrids, bee human hybrids, deer human hybrids, talking dragonoids, boots that defy gravity and logic, logic that defies plot and story, <laughs> and an ending that, left, that just left you wanting less, like less an hour of that movie. <laughs> Maybe they should have just renamed the movie Shut Up, Meg. <laughs> or, oh God, he's going to be Gambit. <laughs> All right, the movie starring uh, Mila Kunis as Jupiter Jones, Channing Tatum as Kane Wise, Sean Bean as Stinger Apini, Edie Redmayne, or excuse me, Eddie Redmayne as uh, Balaam Abraxas, Douglas Booth as Titus Abraxas, and Tuppence Middleton as Kalik Abraxas. Love that name, Tuppence. It sounds so Tuppence. uptight. <laughs> oh man alright let's get into it Jupiter <laughs> Jupiter ascending um, I'll start it off by saying this how did you feel about the concept of the movie going in because it's a Wachowski movie and obviously we always, we always um, associate the Wachowskis for the Matrix and the Matrix trilogy and all that stuff So I like f- to just associate them with the Matrix because once I do the trilogy <laughs> it just goes downhill yeah, but some people actually like the trilogy. Yes, yes. We know who you are, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Jamal, and hey, I'm very Jamal. sorry. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to shout you out. Actually, I did. Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, so 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 think about that. You know, yeah. how, how we how we look at um, the Wachowskis, yeah. and we say, okay, they made The Matrix, blah, 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 blah. How did you feel about um, the concept of the movie, the movie, knowing that they were behind it? I have never seen a good idea try so hard not to be used. Because <laughs> it was it, the story idea, it wasn't novel by any means, right? But it wasn't a bad idea. It was just really pissed poorly um, executed. I feel like it was it, it, in my head. It's like you're trying to do the same magic. I'm trying to you're trying to shift shit around and make it this. It's the same thing, but you're trying to shine it differently. It's kind of like when um, who's the company that made it? Whoever the company made Thundercats okay. came out with Silverhawks later on, right? You know, the same formula. And then later on came out with the tiger sharks. Right. And it's like, okay, you're trying to do the same thing over and over by just by changing little variables here and there. Reason why I say that is because, like you said in the synopsis, um, the whole idea is making this youth serum. They're harvesting humans. What was the Matrix all about? Uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> but weren't they talking about the, that, the, that the robots had, had um, found they, a way to make the, the humans, they're like basically batteries? They're batteries, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's the same, it's the same right. concept. It's the same thing. So once they, I realized that was the, the whole premise of the movie, I was turned off because I'm like, you're just doing the same shit all, all over again. Yeah. You're trying to sell me a new trilogy and a new franchise with the same ideas from the last movie that made you successful. And you're hoping, oh, well, nobody will notice. Yeah. No, I mean, there is a lot to that. It just, 
it just like I said, it just failed on many levels because the the plot that went behind it wasn't that interesting. Um, and like I said, it was very the storytelling was very trite about it, so that you, you couldn't care. Yeah. You know. did, did you notice the biblical undertones on there? Like which ones? I mean, like with what are you referencing? Oh, with uh, with Wise being a fallen angel, right? Because they've taken his wings, mm-hmm. and then the <clears throat> the Braxis family being godly people right. who've been alive for millennia, right? You know, and even the name Cain, yeah, Cain, oh, Cain. But at the same time, the whole Cain thing, it did give a, a biblical reference. But um, if you remember, he was part wolf, and like he said, he was more akin to a dog. So I think that was referencing Canine. Because uh, if you say Cain Wise, it sounds kind of like Cain. And also, they gave him the Wise to be smart. But the only reason I, partic- I say that is because Sean Bean, his character, was part B, part human. And he was Stinger Apini. And API is an apiary is where you keep bees. Oh, uh, look at that. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Um, you know, so there's a lot of that. But definitely, you know, there, there's always, you know, the touch of religious overtones and stuff like that. And, and their philosophy. But they, and they tried to be philosophical. The first Matrix, it worked enough. The second and third, I felt that the characters just couldn't get the words to work. This one, when they tried a few times to throw in some philosophy, it just sounded like having four-year-olds try and be philosophical. It was it was just horrible. <laughs> and then how about also the, the factory that processes the humans? It's on Jupiter, right? And the uh, actually, I don't think it is. I mean, she was called Jupiter, but they don't ever. They never said where that was, did they? Jupiter is the only planet in the Milky Way system with that big red spot. It's that's pretty true. No, that's, yeah, that's true. No, that's very true. But but, 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 but they didn't make it clear because the only reason I knew is because of the big spot, and they said the right. big spot is actually where all the hurricanes are. Yeah, which of course makes that's it just where the main hurricane. Right, is. the main hurricane. Which of is. course is even worse that they named her Jupiter, considering that she wasn't from another planet. And she just happens to go to that well, planet. Well, no, if, if you remember at the beginning, uh, Jupiter is the biggest uh, planet in our solar right. system. So that's why the father named her Jupiter. But creativity-wise, it's like, really? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's but, what we chose? So like I was saying, the the, the factory that uh, processes the people that they collect is on Jupiter. And just the whole Jupiter has like this hellish feel to it. Mm-hmm. So that's like the underworld right there. Right. And the way that they're processing them is like in a... In a factory light, and you see them there. Yeah. So there's that religious undertone there, and then the home world is this paradise. Right. So that's the heaven right there. So yeah. Like, no, it's very, very true. That was very way good point. too much religion in there for me. But it's religion that was not done well. You know, yeah. I mean, they again they tried to be clever. It just there wasn't any clever. But by the way, the machine that seemed to immediately kill you, like I mean, not just kill you, but like you just vanished. Yeah. <laughs> like with all the because it had all these worrying like um you know clippers and 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 steel blades and da, 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 and then you were just suddenly gone it reminded me of uh futurama there's the machine that oh, the, the suicide the, booth no no the the, the propanator oh. or the propulator yeah <laughs> like it's just it's i'm like was that from futurama <laughs> maybe i, I feel like the, matt groin's getting a big check right now <laughs> two things i'm gonna say number one the only um religious reference that should be associated with this movie that is that this movie was sacrilege this shit was fucking horrible there's always it's going to hell yeah <laughs> we're gonna go there too and number two um because you talk it's funny how you're talking about um that that futurama comparison i felt like all the gadgets and all the tech and i know you're gonna disagree with me because you and i spoke briefly in the car um all the tech wanted to be cooler than what it was for okay. example like the like the rocket boots 
Yeah. I thought it was like they, they the 70s. Gra- they were anti-gravity boots. Oh, big. They were miracle boots. I mean, anti-gravity, They were yes, lame boots. But they, they were just like the... I'm like, why do you even have spaceships? Like, it made no sense why they actually had spaceships at all. Because well, it, it requires gravity in order for they to work. Because they don't work in space. I thought he flew in space. No, he didn't. Point. He didn't. I thought he, he I, made an escape and, and no, clipped the side of a, a ship at some point. Remember, remember when, when they jettisoned him into right. space? He can't move around because there's no gravity. I think that wasn't their thought. I think they just left him there because they also shot him out in the space conveniently with the suit in order to protect him. No, right. no, he grabbed, well, he, gra- well, he, gra- he grabbed the suit. Right, that, that was right. He would grab the suit, but it was just one of those things that it just happened to be near enough for him to get. It was just a mess, you know. But still, but there was no gravity. The gravity boots right. require gravity, so you have to work, you have to be on a planet. Yeah, require, it, it, sh- it should have required something else because it was lame. It, 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 it looked I like thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, you know th- what? If you ever get a chance, look up an anime called Air Gear. Okay. And you'll see why it's so cool. And I bet you okay. it's done better than this. Well, no, those use like rollerblades, but you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh, God, rollerblades. Right. Oh, my God. What were we in the 90s? And that's what I felt like in this movie. I felt like there's some things that were so dated. Like even when... It was um, a very 90s feel to the movie, actually. It did, because um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Remember when Mila Kunis' character, when Jupiter Jones goes in to sell her, her eggs right. and she gets um, the, the shape-shifting aliens? Right. Those aliens were not really different looking at all. They look like all the aliens that, that you see in the abduction um, well, documentaries. That's, yeah. that's what they were trying to go with, the, the little gray men that right. show up. I, yeah, I mean, I like I said, like it just wasn't overly original. I... I just didn't. Well, what the big thing that just well, there was lots of got it, but but at least when it comes down to the fights, I hated their convenient. I mean, it, it's beyond Dusex Machina. It's just it was just way too convenient with the whole. Wow, I guess they were in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah, Chicago. That that the huge Sears Tower has been mostly destroyed. Da, da, da. Oh, that'll be built in a few seconds. And what about the people that saw? It? Oh, they won't remember it. Okay, now in this day and age, because this is set in modern time, you're telling me that there has been a a a, a, a an alien battle overhead. Okay, fine. You fix the buildings. Okay, if you even want to tell me that you poofed the memory of people in the general vicinity. Luckily, no one has smartphones and cameras and the news would have been alerted immediately, which means it would have gone across the world that aliens are in. They didn't get to all the people on Earth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was, just, it was just this whole like, no one will remember that. Why? And then he says, <laughs> the ones that will do, no one will believe him. Yeah, but... We are again. You're talking as if there was only like ten people. It's like the whole city was on an alert, the, and there's no way news coverage didn't get that around the world. It was just it was too much. It begged too much out of you. You know what's funny? That, that bothered me a little bit. You know, what bothered me more that they actually used that memory poofing technology as part of their their their, their um as part of their world. Right. Oh wow, they, they must know we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like wow. So you're gonna use the Men in Black thing. Yeah. To do that is that is the same thing with the flash and everything. I was very disappointed in that. Yeah. Kind of like once again, you're borrowing. Now, do you remember what that Men in Black thing was called? Of course not. <laughs> Neuralizer. Neuralizer. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> That's why we got the tech. But I mean, come on. So, I mean, once they said that, you know, they 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 use that same concept in that movie. It it was just kind of like it felt like too much borrowing. You're borrowing the idea from the Matrix. You're borrowing the idea from Men in Black. You're borrowing gravity boots or rocket boots or whatever the fuck they are it, it just was put together to be a lame fucking movie yeah, it was like I, said, I just thought it was pretty bad it's also um, it, it it felt like if uh the fifth element had gone really bad this is the movie that it would have ended up being it wasn't the fifth element bad no i love the fifth element it's a lot of fun because it's made to it's be good. fun it's not meant to be a serious movie and and it also was one of those it was probably like one of the first like sci-fi movies that was about the fashion which is just what this one was about like you know because um, that whole movie, I think, was done by 
Oh, which one is it? Um, it's one of the big big names that everybody knows in yeah. fashion. I just can't think of the uh, the house Versace, I believe. Okay, I think it was Versace. So like all the clothes were made by the house, like included. Like they even got Bruce Willis into a backless shirt. That was like a big funny thing. Mm-hmm. And you have to see uh, Chris. Uh, who's the Chris? Chris, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. The outfit he has. Oh, I remember that. Report. Yeah, that, that big This is <laughs> It is just a lot of fun. That's a movie, if you haven't watched it in a while, you should rewatch it. I think if you rewatch it, uh, knowing that it's very tongue-in-cheek, you'll yeah. enjoy it a lot more than trying to think it's a serious I think I'm going to do that because I remember watching it originally and just being like, eh, it's all right. You know, yeah, I think right. if you watch it now, it's because I, I crack up every time I watch the movie. and It's a lot of fun. Wow, okay. No, Which I... was, this wasn't. That's the thing too. This movie, I didn't find it fun. I mean, I you know again, let's you know the I can only touch on the briefest thing. I thought the fashion looked nice. I thought some of it was just a little bit too much. Like it was, whereas in um in the Fifth Element, yes, there was some showy fashion and whatnot, but it wasn't like the fashion was trying to take center stage. I mean, it was just cool fashion because it was the future. Right. Um, and even though these were like alien creatures and whatnot, and they had their different fashion, this it felt like they were trying to dazzle you with the fashion. And in that, it's like, well, if you don't have a story and you're just trying to show me, you know, something that looks nice in clothing, I, I feel bad for you if that's most of your story right now. Right. Um, so, but in that, I thought the costuming was nice, you know, um, for many things. And I thought, you know, the visuals, of course, CGI was really nice. I just don't think it was spectacular. It wasn't as breathtaking as, as exactly. we had all anticipated. I think one of the things we talked about when we first did the podcast and talked about, wow, Jupiter's End is coming out. You know, I don't know how the story's going to be, but I, I, I can imagine the visuals are going to be breathtaking. Yeah. I remember all of us saying that. It wasn't, but then again, I fell asleep once or twice. <laughs> but I don't remember the visuals of being that like spectacular. Like they were good. Yeah, but the, the costume design for the Fifth Element was John Paul Gutierrez. Ah, Gutierrez, not yeah. Versace. I was trying to. I, I knew it was a big name. I just could not think of it as Gutierrez. That's what it was. Tex on a roll today. Yeah. <laughs> he's on, on a, a slow roll, but he's on a roll nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> no, as you guys talk way too fast. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Slowpoke Rodriguez. Hey, hey Slowpoke Rodriguez. <laughs> it's slow as mountain all Which is more interesting than this review or the movie, not the review. Yeah, the, the visuals of Jupiter Ascending, I feel that if we had watched it in 3D, or maybe IMAX 3D, it probably would have looked a lot better. I agree. I, but, it's possible, yeah. But I'll say this. I wasn't going to spend the money for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was and funny. And I advise you not to either. <laughs> I, I'll say this, because um, you said, you know, maybe it, with 3D it might look better. I agree. But my thing is, the Matrix movies were visually stunning without 3D. So my thing is, they're able to do that without 3D, and I can imagine with 3D just amplifies everything. You shouldn't have to have 3D for it to be all, you know, right. breathtaking. It should just be on its own. And then obviously, if you have 3D, it's better. Like like Alice in Wonderland, the movie that the, the movie by with Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, Tim Burton, Johnny mm-hmm. Depp, and all those guys. I mean, it was not that great of a movie, but visually, it was it was stunning. And yeah. even without the, the the 3D glasses, you're like, holy oh, no, shit, yeah. Jabberwockies! I yeah, I mean, expecting I, the dance group to come out. <laughs> I I was I had actually hoped that the that the the, the movie had been shown in 3D uh, because we weren't in that apartment. And uh, we would have missed it. You know, that's that's my hope for 3D. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, my, my, own, my only good thing is, is just the visuals I thought were the best. The fight scenes I thought were just a little bit confusing. When they were, when they were, when there was a lot going on, it was confusing. And then otherwise, I didn't find the fight scenes that interesting. The, the fight scenes were a little bit like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, okay, you know what? Let, let's do something for a change. Talk about something you liked. What's I just something? did. <laughs> <laughs> the visuals and the costuming. I thought the the first like chase scene with the spaceship mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Okay, with the way, I, 
one thing I did like about is like they have these like modular spaceships that sort of rearranged for right. depending like when he went underwater, like the wings went behind it, so to give it more streamlined effect. Well, most of the pieces were unattached. I yeah. guess they were being held together by some gravity device. I no, don't know. It was, <laughs> it was electromagnetism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They never said, so we don't know. I know because I'm a tech. <laughs> well, uh, I I didn't I, I didn't like the way the the the, the ships were built. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know because of the fact that you didn't know how it worked. It was just like, well, here it is. It works. Yeah, believe there was, us. There was a little bit of that. Um, you know, especially considering that. I mean, and we know what's standard for like you know hero movies and whatnot. But those ships blew up in a heartbeat, except for Channing Tatum's ship, which was hitting the ships and and, and they were blowing up. So let me get this straight. Whenever you guys watch a science fiction movie, do you want some guy like in a lab coat to come out an hour beforehand and explain all the technology that's going on? No, but usually so at here some point you we get have it. a fusion reactor powered by the sun. Yeah, and but here usually yeah. in a good sci-fi though, it doesn't have to be beforehand. But at some point in the movie, someone explains something that's it, unusual. It, it, especially, know? especially on those down and not the down scenes, but the, but the resting scenes where after you finish fighting, maybe they're let's say they're finished fighting and they're going into a tunnel and they're getting themselves prepped for you know the next battle and they're talking about it and that's how like maybe Channing Tatum like oh my god how do, how come we didn't explode and one guy will say well. XYZ happened. That's why this technology works. Q, why didn't I explode? <laughs> well, double O. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Because of all the STDs you've accumulated in your body, you're impervious to any other harm. He's immortal. <laughs> he is immortal. <laughs> but this movie, I mean, this was this movie, like I said, for me, it was just, it was pretty bad. Even for a space movie, I just thought it was pretty bad. At some point, I, I swear I saw Ryan Reynolds' as Green Lantern and Optimus Prime fly by. <laughs> this is like, oh, you guys just shot past your own movies. I now you I know. saw it too, right? <laughs> I thought I was the only one. You know, the best part, the you know, the most interesting part of the movie was when um Sam, shout out to Sam, um, sitting next to me was snoring it up. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't hear that. But, <laughs> but what I loved though was that there was some like. I, I guess crazy person yeah. that was there that, that would talk periodically really loud and like just shout out weird things. And this is in the beginning of the movie when it was happening. There was someone behind him that was like, hey, be quiet. I'm watching this movie. When the guy continued after that, the guy didn't say another word. Why? Because he didn't give a fuck. Because <laughs> you could just talk. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> this actually made the movie more interesting. Yes, it did. Is that one guy that you, if you go to the movie theater, he's the one yelling out, Oh no! Don't go in there. Yeah, <laughs> he was right next to me. Yeah, like, oh. was he right next to you? Yeah, he was like there was an empty seat, and then he was next to me. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that was just too much there. And he, they, he, it was him and his friend, and they brought their own like dinner or lunch or whatever it was. They had an aluminum <laughs> foil and everything. Oh my god! They were eating like in a TV dinner tray kind of thing, <laughs> <laughs> which was more interesting than this fucking film. <laughs> yeah, it was there. But, but I love there was um. Damn. That the uh, the the overall moral at the end, you know, when things get resolved and whatnot, and. It, it just the movie just kind of went to an end. It, like to me, the overall moral was be happy with your current station in life, and don't allow opportunities to improve your life or the lives of your family. It was just like I mean, you know, we're we're basically one step above dirt poor. Yeah, let's just leave them like that. I own <laughs> I own the entire planet, but you know. I thought the, I thought the moral was um, sacrifice your family if you're going to save the planet. Well, that was a stupid conundrum that they supposedly were putting her with. Let's see. I'll relinquish the uh, the Earth to you if you let my family free. Sure, I'll let your family free on Earth and then harvest the Earth. Yep. So oh. what exactly am I supposed to bargain with you with? You're telling me that you're going to release them to kill them with everyone else. Yep. Right. <laughs> you know. He, he, did hmm. you notice that maybe they, they ran out of budget for the family because they kept saying the family, but they only showed the mother. 
Well, we captured the yeah. family, and it's only the mother. You have my family, and it's only the mother. Well, that's like, because she was from orphan black, and she was the only one that anyone in the audience really cared about. <laughs> <laughs> she she would be the only one that she would actually care about. If they showed her her cousin, she'd be like, you know what? Just fucking gut that guy. He wanted me to sell my eggs. <laughs> yeah. True, true, true. But the, the, she was she was the mom. She was uh, from orphan black. She was uh, yeah. the character there. I, I saw her immediately. I, lo- I was like, oh, I love you. You're in a horrible movie. <laughs> the villains were horrible. The the Abraxas. The Bra- I mean, I mean, they're trying to be the, the, the this whole elitist, you know, alien group. But they were the, just creepy. They were creepy, but the lead one, he he, he had that, that 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 I didn't raise my voice beyond a certain volume, and I know that talk like this. Yeah, what are you it, talking about? It was horrible. This is very scary. This I'll need you to do a favor. Now, my, now mind you, somebody who's been who's worked in drama in drama before, he made a choice. And a director made a choice. Him, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's not his voice. I don't know the well, actor. Well, that yeah, well. I'm saying yeah. you know that that's a conscious choice. It wasn't just like right. the actor did it and the director said, okay, you know, like whatever. No, they both said, okay, maybe we should change it. I like people making different choices for villains because then you got the same kind of villain all the time. Right. And you don't want that. It it just didn't work. Oh no! It it made him not threatening at all. I mean, it's not like you know only a voice makes you threatening, but unfortunately. All of our experiences in life based on stereotypes. I mean, you know, of some form. And, you know, your villain has to have a certain amount of something standardly villainy right. for it to work. And for him, it was just kind of like, it wasn't even like he was this really large guy that was imposing, you know, and you're like, and then he just had a weird voice. It was just like, he's just this normal, he looked like that guy that you would just beat up in line at Starbucks just to move ahead, you know. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> you look at him, he's like this tall, skinny, real pasty looking guy. Yeah. Like, he's not scary at all. Yeah. And then when he would have his outburst, it was more like a whine, not like. You yeah. were scared. When you live as long as I have, you figure out you don't have to raise your voice. There's no energy in it. No, I, I suppose. <laughs> no, There's no energy in the movie. movie. <laughs> exactly. There's no point to raise your voice. You just speak like this. And if you yell at them or you say it in the same voice, they're still going to do what you say because you're powerful. There's no point to this movie either. <laughs> that wasn't any. Anybody want to add anything before we go to ratings? Nope. No. Nope. All right. Ratings for... Jupiter Ascending. I'll start it off because I don't care. Um, I'm going to give it one. God, Magic Mike is probably going to be better than this one. (laughs) Out of 10. (laughs) Ralph? I give this movie. Oh, please. I'm going to stab you right now. (laughs) Plus, no one's going to hear you when this comes back. (laughs) I'm like, what did he say? (laughs) I give this movie, I don't know, two out of 10. Weird Mila Kunis looking skinny, anorexic for like two seconds. What else? What is, by the way, the appeal with Mila Kunis? She's cute. It's cause, you know yeah. what it is? Uh, well, they actually they they had her wearing contacts in this movie because she has two different color eyes. Does she? Yeah. Oh, oh I didn't. I didn't know and did not care. <laughs> <laughs> like Meg. <laughs> Meg. It, it gives her that interesting appeal. And then have you noticed she has? Like, she's got a good. She's got a good face for doing Family Guy. She, yeah. <laughs> oh. she, she has like a lazy. Another person we can't have on the fucking show. <laughs> she has like a lazy like eye or something because like, she? At some points, if you look closely enough, you see like one eye is a little bit more closed than the other. Maybe it's just trying to get away. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it also didn't care about her. <laughs> but yeah, two out of ten because like the visuals, there were some good visuals. I like. I'm a futurist. I like the technology right. that was in it. I mean, like, all the, the technology s- wasn't bad. I mean, you know, the story. Yeah. And then the the religious undertones, I just I yeah, know. yeah. I mean, the visuals are the only thing that had it working for me. I give it a three. It could have been worse. It could have been Seventh Son out of ten. 
<laughs> and that movie it's just getting completely panned by the way seventh son which i just refused to even watch it until it hits like tv basically rotten tomato gave uh um Seven jupiter seven. ascending 23 percent hot tub 2 which is also getting panned surprise uh got 14 percent what wow. and seventh son rounded up with 10 <laughs> wow something better than seventh son come on it has the dude that's the dude. <laughs> well, it's funny because I saw IMDb. The average, um, the average rating was like three stars out of, I think three out of ten. Yeah, there are ten as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, goodness. yeah, it's pretty bad. All right, so there you have it. Jupiter Ascending should be renamed to Jupiter Descending, and I hope the franchise doesn't continue from here. And I hope we don't get more jokes like that. Oh, <laughs> I get a job after I finish this movie. Okay, Ralph gets a, a second freaking impersonation he can do. He's going to run it all day. <laughs> so we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after we um, talk to the Wachowskis about ever making a movie ever again. Or a sex change. And I got to talk about my contract. <laughs> Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Hey, comic fan, Shine and Bosch here. If you also happen to be into larger life heroes and heights, aka professional wrestling, then head on over to fourlifepodcast.com for the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling. Bosch and myself taking behind the scenes to past and present with all your top wrestling promotion and news. So listen, visit fourlifepodcast.com, download us on iTunes or Stitcher, and follow us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Four Life Podcast. Because when you listen to your podcast, you listen to it. Why? Now back to the cap, Ralph the Tech, and Mike the Finance Guy. Meanwhile, 22 pages later. Okay, <laughs> welcome to the second half of Meanwhile, 22 pages later. And thank you, um, RT Square, for that great cue to tell me we're off commercial. It helps if you're looking at the guy who's giving you the cue. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Anyway, so... I've been dreaming about this for a very long time. We've had multiple people on the show discuss video games. And we've had each one have their interesting viewpoints, you know, talked about during the show. I thought, what if you put them all in one room and had a, have them battle it out in a game of video game nerd battles? I don't know. So um, today is going to be our first video game battle royal. Let me introduce you to our panel of video game experts. Our first panelist appeared on our show back in episode 44. He's a lover of Star Wars and Bond films, and he could also make a self-portrait of himself in Minecraft. Please give it up for Patrick, a.k.a. P. Tango. What up, guys? All right, all right. It's impressive. Good do to be have, back. Do we have an applause button there? Uh, yeah, I need... Right. Thank, thank you. Now thank we feel whole. All right. Yeah. <laughs> now we feel wanted and loved. That's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so our next panelist first appeared in episode 42. He's a Mario and Sonic enthusiast a New York Mets fan, and a Spider-Man hater. But he's on the show anyway. Please welcome Ivan, a.k.a. Mr. Koopa. Oh, I'm glad to be back. You like him in here. How did you, how did you know I like Mario and Sonic? <laughs> you, mean, you mean the tat that's on your right shoulder? I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people think I'm joking. I'm serious. You do know that Sonic was made as a direct competitor to Mario. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't have Mario on my arm. I just have Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Oh, okay. Sonic and Knuckles. I knew it was somebody that I didn't like. Okay. Wow. <laughs> hey, you had to talk about Spider-Man. Our third panelist appeared all the way back in episode 25. He has strength in Halo and first-person shooters. And he's also my brother. Give it up for Steve, a.k.a. Steve-O. What's going on, Internet? And last but not least, our last panelist is a late entry. 
and has a record for the most appearances on Meanwhile, 22 pages later. He loves Jack Bauer, Batman, and um, yeah, he, you just know him by his voice. Please give it up for Kev, a.k.a. Big Kev. Often imitated, never properly duplicated, and hopefully by the end of this, be inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to hand up the beer. Okay, all right. So the the the, the rules are real easy. Uh, myself and Mike, the finance guy, and we're off the tech. We're gonna throw out some softball questions in regards to video gameness and see how you guys fare when it comes to the question. So basically, I'm gonna throw a question out. We're gonna go around the horn, ask you what you think of the question, and then battle it out. Um, let's see how far we can go without bloodshed. So let's start with the first question. Um, what is the most overrated game of all time? And I'm going to start all the way on the other side of the table with P-Tango. All right. Uh, Halo. What? Which one? <laughs> I disagree. The, 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 the franchise. Okay, there's about what? to be some All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Okay, you know, you know I'm going to have to ask why. Of why course, you see, of why course. I mean, are we going around and then, and then discussing, or do, uh, should uh, I just go? A, a brief statement, so this way we can get to everybody, and if you want to elaborate, we can I I totally accept Halo for being, you know, a, a very pivotal moment in video game history and everything. It was, the first, it was the first game to really bring this, like, online multiplayer, and a lot of, you know, uh, people, you know, like, to, had their childhood on the original Xbox playing Combat Evolved, Halo 2, and then Halo 3 and everything. I think the game has had its time. Uh, I don't appreciate. I don't like the controls, and I played enough Halo to say that I just don't like how the game handles and everything. Uh, I also think that the game never was really made well to play on like Xbox. I feel because like, like when I play it on PC, I like it a lot more. Um, and I just, I just, I just, I don't see the appeal in it. I really don't. And I and I know people go crazy over Halo, and I just, I think it is an overrated game. Enter Steve with the defense of Doom. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Now, all right, no, that's cool. Out. And coincidentally, <laughs> sitting right next to him. Yes, <laughs> Steve-O, what's your take on the most overrated game of all time? My take, personally, um, well, on his take on the most over, on his take on the most overrated, or my take personally on the most overrated. Uh, your take. Uh, my take would probably be Borderlands. <gasps> oh my! Oh, what? I, I, I love I love disrupting things. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I didn't know that was yours, but tip for tat, I guess. All right. All right. This is good. Oh, that is pizza. Okay. All right. so, <laughs> like Ninja Turtles would say, pizza time. So I was thinking, while we're getting pizza, um, Steve, could you give a brief idea of why you feel Borderlands is so overrated? Well, I'm, I'm kind of impartial. Well, yeah, that, that's kind of unfortunate for you. you have um, <laughs> no, but the whole thing with Borderlands would be the... The open world just didn't feel lively enough. I've played so many games where the open world is sprawling, uh, a la GTA. I mean, even go to a game like, well, Destiny would be a horrible example, but there are a couple of good examples, exactly, as I have I've been uh, laughing over here. There's a couple of good examples of how to do an open world game and something that's kind of has MMO qualities to it. I just don't feel that Borderlands did it the best. I don't think it was well. I was very bored with the game at times, and if I didn't have all my other three friends in there at the same time, I wasn't compelled to do anything and move further. The story didn't drive me to go further. That's really my only issues with the game. I just I just don't think it's as great as people put it. And then, yeah, as I said, in the same vein as Destiny, you go to Destiny, even with all, this, all of its problems, um, I feel it controls better, it's smoother, um, and it gives me that, I hate to say it, but that addictive quality to the game that makes me always want to come back, even though sometimes I don't even know why getting random guns that give me you know these little cute perks doesn't do it for me i don't know 
Nice. All right. Wow. Oh. Sitting, sitting uh, side by side, there's going to be bloodshed. There. I am, I'm been, breathing we, deeply right I now. What you got just, to say there? What's your most overrated? I just want to know if you're talking about just the first one? Well, primarily the first one. No, Second okay. one didn't really tickle my fancy either. It was done a little bit better. Third one I didn't play much of. Well, I, I have not actually played the third one at all, so I well, can't speak to it. Yeah. Well, I right. guess me and Patrick are going to team up on you in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's my turn. Right? It's somebody on my back. My most overrated yeah, game? Yeah, what's your most overrated? Um, it's not really a series, but I think that a lot of people put this really high for, I don't know for what reason, but Mario Kart 64 is garbage. What? Oh so we, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I might be with you on that one. I might be with you on that one. <laughs> I, could, exactly. I could elaborate on that later, but just letting you know that it's not as good. You First just, of all. You just shit it on my childhood, but go yeah. ahead. It's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not as good as the Super Nintendo one, and it was definitely not as good as the ones that are coming out now. Okay, but I, 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 I think Mario Kart was the best on the Nintendo DS, in my opinion. It, I love really it on Nintendo DS. I would say Super Nintendo, but... At the end of the day, the ones that are coming out now suck the most. What's wrong Stop with it. I could stop, stop it right there. I could kind of agree with that. Nope. <laughs> the old ones are the better ones, in my opinion. Mm. All right. So brief. Why, why, why is it Mario Kart? Um, mostly because, well, you got to understand Mario Kart came out after Mario 64, which had an actual 3D model that you use. And that one was just a sprite plastered on the front. And people act like they didn't see that. And then the, uh, the rubber band AI was the worst. I don't know. The yeah. worst. The <laughs> yeah. worst. I will explain it later because I don't want to just go on and on. But, but I, I, I think I'm going to be talking about but I can't wait for you to explain that later. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, Big Kev, what do you think? Oh. Listen, most overrated game of all time. I did some you know, research, some lists, see if there were you know, anything compatible. I'd be like, oh, I agree with that. By far, the one that's on the list that I agree with is Duke Nukem Forever. I don't think it's still out, and if it's still out, it's like straight to, <laughs> not straight to DVD, straight to your trash bin. Um, but for me personally, I have to say, I was really disappointed when the Xbox first came out, and they had that, you know, collaboration of games, and it was done beautifully, but they just never handled it properly. Project Gotham. I oh, really dislike, okay. it, it's a beautiful game, it's a very beautiful game. It's supposed to be their answer to Gran Turismo, but... It has the potential. They just haven't executed it properly. And I, you know, racing games aren't necessarily as popular, but I think they had the right idea. They just didn't, for whatever reason, transition with it. All right. All right. Now, now let me throw anything, something in there before we go to our next question. Um, now that we, now that you hear everybody's um, overrated game or, or game franchise, how do you feel about what's been thrown out there? Let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for starters, Halo. Um, I've heard many arguments about Halo and a lot, which I have to admit, um, when it comes to story, a lot of people are like, they, they weren't, um, how can I say, inspired or didn't really feel the game. The one thing I have to say that I have to disagree with is just controls. I feel Halo has some of the smoothest controls in video game uh, first-person shooter history, aside from like your Call of Duties. Um, it may be difficult for some, depending on the Xbox controller. I just feel that Xbox controller was made for first-person shooting. I can't play first-person shooters on a PlayStation controller as well. I mean, I've been PlayStation for a long... I mean, my basically my entire video game career, I've been PlayStation. But I do agree that uh, Xbox controller was a lot better. I, I do like the new PS4 controller, though. But basically, with Halo and everything, it's all hip fire. Like, I mean, with, I mean, you have like... You have like that uh, burst fire BR, or the or you have the uh, the sniper rifle that you can zoom in. But otherwise, you're just hip firing everywhere, which I find annoying as hell. Because I mean, maybe it's also just because I'm heavily a Call of Duty guy, you know. Right. So I'm I'm very used Says to the like the guy that in the game which you hip fire sniper rifles from. 
<laughs> I'm not. I haven't done that. Well, then you need to step your game up, my friend. <laughs> People are known throughout Xbox and PlayStation, uh, Xbox Live and PSN, where you have it down packed to the point where you just aim the little cursor and just pow. Right, and right, zoom just in. on the head. I always do it with an ACOG scope, so it zooms a little faster, and I can actually aim. Oh, I'm not saying you can't aim. I'm just saying you mm-hmm. can't hit fire sniper. No, I know. I realized that. It, I mean, there's. I mean, of course, Black Ops has. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Call of Duty has its bullshit as well. Ugh. But I just, I just, I can never get behind Halo. You know. But I actually, but I, I will admit, I, pl- I played Combat Evolved on the PC, and I did enjoy it. I really did. Uh, and I, and I, like I said, I recognize Halo for like what it's done, but I just don't. I think the game has had its time, and I just, I'm done with it. <laughs> Mr. Cooper, you, you have this. Look like you want to say something it's, like double dutch. You're trying it's to jump because in. I kind of agree with him, but I, I mean, for some reason, every time they announce a Halo, like I don't have an Xbox, I'm not planning to get one. But there's something about it when they announce it. I'm like, yes, yes, I want to see what they do with it. But I will agree with him that they they lost me on two, but not because of what they did. It's just that when it went online, I just, was just I was just not that. I was just I just wasn't good. We played the first one to death, death match all day, all day to the point. Well, I used to do the stuff I used to do in uh, 007, which is not even try to kill somebody, just annoy someone. Right. Just shoot, 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 run away. I don't have to kill you. Yeah. I'm going to leave. <laughs> then they put it online with, with the with the dual wielding. Terrible. I just couldn't do you're it. You're one of those guys that picked odd job in 007. No, no. I, I hated, I hated <laughs> anyone who picked odd job. Yeah, it was the worst. Can you just run around? But then, but then in 3, the, the story, because like, I loved the lore in, in Halo 1 and 2. It was great. But then in 3, I don't know what happened there. Like, I don't know. Nice. All right, so let's move on to the next question. All right, next next question. What two... Com- oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong question. Woo. Wait, you don't want to elaborate on this guy? No, no, no. That's oh, crazy. Oh, yeah, this whole, like, we, can, we can elaborate yeah, on the Borderlands. Yeah, crazy. Bo- it's all Get Borderlands. Out of the way. Borderlands Peter here. Get out of the way. No, I'll be honest. I'll be Go honest. right ahead. Hey, listen, I'll be honest. Part one, in the uh, great American wrestler, we like to quote Stone Cold Steve Austin, Boring. Jesus. Exactly oh, why. Dude, and that's, that, prim- that's love, primarily the one I played. I too. love Borderlands. But part one, you have to travel everywhere. And it's not like Destiny where you have the uh, the bike or whatever. Right. You have to, sometimes you have to run everywhere. Bike. Combine that with the fact that it's just the story. It, it's very lapsed. As, you know, from point A to point B in the story, there are too many side missions. Well, it's in a wall of text, too. That's, that's the other problem. I mean, gone were the day of JRPGs where I had to read a wall of text. And really, basically, read story in Borderlands One primarily. That's what I felt. And I was part two stepped it up with the better cutscenes, uh, way better villain, if you ask me. Color. Uh, they didn't have, it was all brown. The yeah, first one. the first one was very tan and 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 like desert looking, and it it just wasn't appealing that that respect. Two, I gave a little more credit. Like I said, it just didn't grasp. You, you can't. There's nothing negative you can say about the reason why I take issue with that is nothing. because part two really did implement a lot of upgrades that they uh, needed for part one. Now, part three came had the bad timing of coming out with the, with the release of new uh, consoles and everything, so I don't think it got the proper pop that it should have gotten. It's going to be re-released for next-gen consoles. So. I'm buying it again. Yeah. But I'm just... But my, my whole thing with Borderlands <laughs> is Borderlands 1, I will not tell you that it has a, a, an amazing evocative story because it really doesn't and everything. But the thing about it is like the AI of all the characters and everything I think is actually really good and it actually keeps the fights interesting no matter what. And I... Because like I, I ended up going through the same thing and the fights were always different. And I actually found that it is challenging. There was times where I had to go level grind in different mm-hmm. areas to try to make it through. So it wasn't a game I could just push right through. And on top of that, I love I love any game that has like random spawning um, like loot and everything. Oh, yeah, that's great. You know, just yeah, the, idea, the idea that, you know, I mean, 
And of course, there's like specific guns you can find and everything, but ultimately, most of the guns are just random, and there's so many different options you can get, and really like building your specific loadout. I love that. All right, well, it's it's good to hear that you guys, you know, think that you can be the video gamer that I am out there. We all know that I'm really, <laughs> right. really good. Oh yeah, that, the <laughs> dust on the Xbox there. Exactly. Insert laughter here. That yeah. thing is dusty as hell. That, that Xbox is dusty as hell. Well, I just want to ask you a question now. Now you've already talked about the overrated game, so I'm going to ask, uh, what game was a commercial, more of a critical flop? But you love it anyway. And this time we're going to reverse it. Kev, start it off. Let's hear that answer. Give us some quick answers there. One person on this panel will attest to it the minute I say it. Halo Wars. And I, silence. <laughs> I didn't play that one. That was that bad? Yeah, I haven't really played it. It was, I, it was received that badly? Look, I hate Halo, but I can't knock Halo. I understand what, what it is that they do you know, in terms of how they've revolutionized first-person shooting. I just don't like it. I prefer I'm you give me that over Call of Duty ten times out of ten I take Call of Duty. I just it to me it's smoother, better, a lot less bullshit and I don't want to get started down that path. Uh <laughs> Halo Wars is basically oh Steve Real time, me out. What's the uh, RTS with time strategy. Yeah, yes. there you go. It's the only one I really got behind because it was something totally different and I could still, you know, be engaged in, you know, the story in their version of it. Uh the shit sucked, but I loved it. I mean, if you like, um, War, not World of War. What the fuck am I thinking about? Uh, the Starcraft, Starcraft, Age of Empires, or that one too. Starcraft, Civilization, Pac-Man. No, no, four, four, <laughs> nice one. Age of Empires. No shit. No, uh, uh, Command and Conquer. <laughs> Command and Conquer. Command Thank you. RT squared with the save. Uh, Command As and Conquer. You know, that was basically my bridge from PC to platform. So that that's really why I like okay. the game. All right, Ivan. What, did, what was the the commercial flop that you love that you just play in secret? Commercial flop. Well, I don't know if I played in secret, but I don't think it sold very well. Which is either Bayonetta or Bayonetta Two. Oh Game's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Kev? Nothing. <laughs> oh goodness. I have to agree with Ivan. Bayonetta is pretty good. I kind of so agree good. with that. It's so good. I played part one. It was it was really good. It's so good. But it didn't sell well. You said no. No, because um. You, you guys do remember that when Devil May Cry came out, it was a big thing in PS2 and stuff, but that kind of fell off, and I think the character, for some reason, people didn't like it. They definitely didn't promote it, because, you know, Sega's terrible at whatever it is that they do. I just feel at that time, the genre, of, like you said, uh, the genre had taken a dip mm -hmm. at the time. First-person yeah. shooters were very prevalent. Open-world yep. games were very prevalent. I don't think the community really focused in on it. But when you play it, and it seems ridiculous, a girl mm -hmm. whose hair can you turn into anything. I mean, yeah. It doesn't have to it, make it any sound, sense. Yeah, it doesn't have to make any sense. <laughs> this is one game I will agree that it's good, even though it's ridiculous and preposterous. It's awesome. Gameplay was slick. Uh, great combos. It was, it's, it's right. settings was, was very well. I mean, it was very well done. When wow. you got a big-breasted girl with guns, what's not to love? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that don't, too. Don't explain to me how she shoots with her feet. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't need to know. <laughs> it works. It works for me. All right, well, you jumped on, you jumped on Ivan's thing. Is that your pick? Or what did you, you have know, as your actually, critical flop that you um, love? I was going to go with Monster Hunter because here in the States, it's kind of a, a flop in the States. In Japan, it is huge. But I'm actually not going to go with that. I'm going to go with something a little lesser known. Um, Psychonauts. It was a game oh, made by Tim Schafer. It was back in the. But PS. I remember that. I never played it, but I remember it coming out. Yeah, everyone remembers it coming out, and then that was it. Um, <laughs> I actually, I remember because I like Tim Schafer. I liked him a lot personally. Saw so him in a lot of interviews. I like some of his older games, um, things like um, Crim Fandango and things of that nature. But when it came to Psychonauts, Psychonauts was a platformer that was done very well. Um, had a lot of comedy, very cheeky, um, and it had a very interesting art style. The game was very well put together. And it just got no love. It didn't get the love it deserved. I believe. I don't think even the 
their um, publishers are really behind them that much at the time either. Wow. So no one was really behind this game. If you play it, I mean, even now, if you can find it for cheap, I'd say get it if you can dust off an old PlayStation or an old Xbox, which probably a lot of people don't have them anymore. But I'd say give it a try. It's it's very it's very enjoyable to say okay. the least. All right. Last but not least. Uh, this one I had I, for some reason I had trouble thinking of it and everything, but this one game um, that I is my choice. I absolutely love this game. I play it to this day. Like and me and my friends, whenever I go home, we always play it and everything. And I don't know if it really did terrible. I just nobody knows about it. Like I've never heard anybody who really like knows about it. And the, the game is Champions: Return to Arms, which is no idea. it's a it's a dungeon crawler Wait, RPG. Is that the game that I was playing? Did we play it? Is that the one I kept dying in? That's every game. That's every game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Cap. <laughs> uh, I think we might have played it one time. Wait, but... Was I a big-breasted barbarian? Yes, you were. Oh. Yes, you were. It's just what I look like in normal life. That's a big <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big-breasted barbarian. <laughs> With no um, fashion sense. I remember that game. <laughs> well, but it's it's just this dungeon crawler. It's in the wor- it's in the world of Champions of Norath and everything so like that that rpg that uh, mmo and everything it's in it's in that universe um and it's in like borderlands it's also like the uh you know randomly spawning loot and everything but it was like it was my it was like the most fun game ever and it's to this day is the best dungeon crawler I've ever ever played but but like i never have found anybody who knows about it and it's nice. just it's such a great game very, very cool very cool what do you got oh. there? you got something for these guys over uh, there mr rt squared all right so now we're gonna take the gloves off and give you some real good questions instead of these baby questions these guys are giving <laughs> you you get one <laughs> <laughs> so nowadays most people play first person shooter games for the online play most people only play the story mode as a formality just to get you know used to the game but then they don't even touch it afterwards and even try to unlock anything do you think that game developers should focus more on the online play and just forget about the story or should they give you guys a full-fledged story and and also you know a semi-decent online play what do you guys think kev well first of all i think that it's very you know lazy of developers to do that i mean people love titanfall i need a game with a storyline i need a campaign i need something to do when i'm not online like if i don't have my crew with me I don't want to play the game, and I'm not right. going to pay sixty bucks for a game. I'm gonna, I'm going to have to be dependent on my boys' schedules. Agreed. You uh, mean you mean evolve? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, ag- agreed. Um, honestly, I think there should o- there should be a best of both worlds scenario in this. I don't think either one should be left out. Um, coming coming back again to a game, I, I bring it up constantly. A game like Destiny, um, they could do better with story, but it's a kind of melding of what everyone loves best. You have your first person, um, you have first person shooter, you have multiplayer elements, you have co-op elements, you have things like uh, MMO elements like a raid involved in there. All of this pretty much um, done se- pretty much seamlessly and all in one world. You don't need pretty much a, a, a sequel to, to do this in or anything else. This game, I mean, has it all. We can talk later if we want about the, the lack there of story or our problems with it. <laughs> but when you talk about functionality, I don't think anyone here could really argue that the game functions well. It involves all your friends. You can play well against the computer. You can do pretty much whatever you want in the game, and you don't feel like you're you're cut short of, of it. For sixty dollars, I felt like I got everything um, that I paid for. So I I think that developers really should just um, keep on investing in in the story experience as well as the multiplayer experience because just having one, as Kev said, that, that was a perfect example. I was playing it actually today when I woke up. I played some Titanfall. And they kind of tried to mesh the missions in with the multiplayer. And you, 
it feels empty. It, it feels like there's not much there. Well, one thing I want I wanted to bring up about the whole um, like speaking to Call of Duty specifically because that's what I play mostly online. Um, you know, I've played games that just have uh, multiplayer and everything. And one thing I feel very disconnected with who these factions are, who these people are, uh, and uh, you know, and, and specifically like where the online maps are and everything. Because you know, with Call of Duty, a lot of the maps are inspired by missions in the actual campaign and everything. So I actually feel like like oh, this, like I it makes sense that I'm here, you know, right. and, and otherwise, otherwise I don't really think it really, um, you know, cause like I play games and I'm like, why am I just at this random warehouse and everything? And, and it just doesn't, it just feels very impersonal. I don't know why. And I'll, and I just, I also, I know, well, another thing I also wanted to bring up was the, uh, I love Easter eggs in video games. And I think having a campaign not only gives you something to do when you're not online, but also like it allows for them to like play more with it. You know, like you, you can do more things you can go through. Cause I, I like to go back and find things in games right. and it allows for you to have, cause like there's no Easter eggs in, in multiplayer. So I love whenever they can have that sort of stuff. Well, also I just feel it shapes your story and gives you motivation. I mean, without yeah, a definitely. story, there's no lore, there's no backdrop. You're just people on the field shooting each other, which I mean, the, you don't feel inspired to do anything. You're just like, oh, okay, you might play it for a week or two, but then afterwards, like Kev said, if your friends are not on, what are you going to do? Switch to another game. <laughs> Ivan? Yeah. Um, well, it depends on your per- personal preference. I just feel like uh, when 360 first came out and everything was online, we played, like when Gears of War came out, it was online every day, every day. As that generation went on, like my love for online, I wouldn't even plug in my headset anymore. And then, you know, as more games come out for the system, like, everybody's doing their own thing. My, my buddy doesn't play racing games, and I was playing Burnout Paradise. Like, there was oh, no so, other oh, game on the planet. Oh, such a good game. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> so, um, he wouldn't play that. So, after a while, I wouldn't even plug in my headset. I wouldn't even care who's online. Like, like, it depends on your preference. Like, Destiny, I mostly play by myself unless my buddy's online. I don't care about other people. I mean, I understand why people like Call of Duty, but after a while, you get tired Ouch. of hearing... <laughs> no, Call of Duty is, is great. I'm not good at it online, and and after a while, like the stuff that people complain about nowadays is really true. Like I don't need to hear little kids cursing me out. Yeah, I, really don't need that. Oh, I, I just mute them. Actually, I mostly play online by myself in, in Call of Duty just because that's what I like to do. Yeah, I don't I don't really like online, but I understand why people like it, and uh, all the systems are online anyway. That's the reason why I sold my Xbox to begin with, my 360. Because like I'm not paying for this yearly if I never use it. And I never play online. I play by myself, so that's why I went to PlayStation. Not, not, you went to place. Wow. That was a good choice. The lonely man. Choice. The lonely man's console. I, w- I will say <laughs> this: the, the man who enjoys good exclusives, and I, actual I will, good games. Well, he's right. I will say actual this: the DualShock Three. Okay, let me get my terrible. Switch played out real quick. <laughs> the DualShock Three is terrible. The DualShock Four. Oh my god, it's oh, so good. DualShock I, I, I don't great. know why it took them twenty something years to figure that out. Because it's PlayStation. Jesus I don't know what they're doing. Oh, Sony. Yeah, they take their time figuring anything out. <laughs> All right. busy getting hacked. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is, that is true. That is true. All right, gentlemen, we're going to move on to the next one. we got a couple more questions going on, so for the sake of time, try to keep your answers as, uh, as concise and swift as possible. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what is the best game in the past 10 years on any console? And mm. what I mean by console is console or PC, because I know that. Or PC? I know that P-Tango is a... PC enthusiast, so well. I, I think uh, I think Steve already said it. His love for Borderlands already explained that it's Borderlands. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So. I totally <laughs> love that game. All right, so 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 Borderlands. No, I'm not no. going Borderlands. I'm going to ask him because he probably he probably knows more than I do. Um, was was Orange Box within that ten year frame? Because I'm going with Orange Box and I'm just dropping I the mic. Well, I mean, Orange Box. You're saying three. That's three games. 
I, 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 I mean, well, if, if, I have, one, if I have to pick well, one out of all of them, it's, it's well, cool. if I have to pick one, it's Portal. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. Portal, Portal one or two? One. I think they're both great. I think they're both great, but if I had to I pick one, I'm going to go with one. Did you yeah. get the cake? Oh, oh no. Geez, the no. cake is a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> Actually, if there is a hack for it, um, you can do some... Um, there was some kind of um, hack to it where you can actually get to the cake, but it's you really in the game you really can't yeah, get to it. But there was some yeah. kind of hack where you can get to the it's room so where they good. actually display the cake in that last image, and it was weird. But, I, uh, I have an honorable mention, but I'm gonna let you guys pick just, <laughs> just in case you guys actually have that answer. I man, there's too many games in the past ten years. Um, I had two, one a personal favorite. I had to say, um, and a lot of people hate it. Dark Souls. Good pick. I mean, it's. I'm, I've I actually Fuck talked that, on a yeah. podcast about this previously when I came came through, but um. I mean, it's one of the most grueling, hard, torturous games that you can go through. But it's also at the same time fair. It, you actually have to learn and follow um, patterns in the in the AI to get your cracks, your little, if you will, cracks in the armor to try to get to these bosses. Not only that, um, multiplayer was just well done and something I've never seen before. It just wasn't, oh, let's go into a lobby and do multiplayer. No, someone could invade your world and stab you in the back if they wanted. So I just love it. Cool. All right, guys. Who else? Um, I'm going to have to go with Minecraft. That's exactly okay. what that was. Okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, I think say we all agree on it, but... Oh, I mean, okay. I, I've been playing Minecraft since beta. So, like, I say back since, like, 2010. So, I've been playing it for, like, a good five years now. And, um, and I just think... I think it's one of the most, like, original ideas for a game that has come out in a long time i think it also it's also spawned a lot of culture and a lot of uh you know it's and there's just so much around it i mean it's it's spawned this whole like indie development now in, in video games and everything because you know it before it wasn't really a thing that you could think about one guy sitting down at his, his laptop and just making a great game and now you know a lot of people are doing that and i think it's just actually a really really cool thing and i think minecraft it's just it's such a it's I, it's interesting that it's a game that you can be so compelled to play despite the fact that there's literally no objective yeah. you, you just do whatever you want and i and it's not for everybody i recognize that it's for me well it's for, for a lot of people actually yeah. it, it's hit every demographic actually it's used as a tool in schools now for for teaching kids things so is it, it seriously it, yeah it actually is in certain <laughs> schools they're doing like um they're building real life cities in minecraft wow. to, sh- to virtually show kids around wow. it and, and show like you know monuments etc it's it's this amazing world is going to hell in the handbag i can see that now <laughs> yeah, but you guys well, i mean now we have like minecon as well and the fact that you can wow. walk into oh yeah there's conventions minecon it's a real thing wow. okay what you got there <sighs> segueing from uh wherever the fuck we just were. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a story, it's two games, but as a story, my, and, well, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City to me. Good pick. I mean, the best way of superhero has been used in a video game. Amen. And it's not even close. I mean, I still have nightmares of Superman 64. That's the greatest game of all time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that game. Yeah, right. Uh, cringeworthy. I think Nintendo has, uh, if you speak about that game out loud, it's like Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo's ears are ringing. That's yeah. Right. All right. Well, now I'm going to switch gears really fast for you guys to have some fun. So what two completely dissimilar Video game characters that have never shared the same game, would you like to see in a game together? And what would be the plot? Anybody speak this is, one up? This what is you all you guys, because I, I am. Oh, you got nothing. Oh, I, 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 I got one. I got one. Go ahead, I got one. All right. Uh, I am going to go with uh, two characters that I grew up on. Uh, so Jack from Jack and Daxter 
and Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. It only makes sense. No. It, it, it only no, makes sense. Thing, it makes too much sense. And here's the thing. If you play it, like if you play Ratchet and Clank, you find there's pictures of Jack and Daxter in the game, which I never understood because they're different companies. Oh, you interesting. Know, right. Which, yeah, there's like Easter eggs of just like, because like, uh, I remember in uh, in Going Commando, you could walk into Ratchet's like uh, apartment or something, and on the TV screen is a picture of Jack and Daxter. Like, no getting around it. It's Jack and Daxter. Cool. Um, and, you know, I mean, I guess plot would be, uh, I, it works really well. Ratchet could easily just get warped off into some like other part of the galaxy and end up on Jack's world. And then maybe like Daxter and Clank get captured or something, and Dr. Nefarious is like getting all the metalheads to like attack some city and everything i i think it would be freaking awesome all right all right ivan what you got well i was gonna take the easy way out and say mario and sonic but made by nintendo because made by sega that shit would be fucking garbage, garbage. <laughs> but uh that, that's too easy and it doesn't need a plot because don't we have mario uh, and sonic. video yeah. game paraplegics isn't that what that they did with no that? the 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 olympics no that's for the kids parap- and i appreciate paraplegics. it i don't think that works that way <laughs> but i was, I was gonna say way. i was gonna say um they're not really dissimilar they're actually the same more, more or less the they same. are disabled yeah. no not them no they weren't disabled Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um i was gonna say uh since we started put bayonetta and uh dante in the same game and make it wow. co-op and that would be amazing that would be, cool. be interesting that's, that's what essentially I think. the same thing. But even though I think, sense. even though I think Bayonetta busts his ass, but that's be- that's besides the point. <laughs> that's besides the point. Oh, what you got? <sighs> well, being that I love all things badass, you would have a game with Solid Snake and Captain Price of Call of Duty lore. All right. The premise: just just shoot, just shoot. Don't ask questions. Shoot. Don't ask Solid Snake will sneak around, stab people. Yes. Price will just shoot. Well, shoot. well, and smoke because I think they both smoke. So. Oh, and they're both smoking. Yeah. I have oh, so one question. Brought to you by the Cancer Society. Yeah, it's yeah. brought to you by Marlboro. I have one question. Will there be a tank? You know what? <laughs> Being that Solid Snake is involved, they're just might. I play that game then. And just for, and just for URT Square, we're gonna put the tank underwater. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now for the ultimate greatest question you will ever be asked in your entire life. Wait for it. I don't have that one. I have another one. Yes, I'll marry you. <laughs> All right. So do you prefer a game that is open world where you're free to make your own way to the objective and the and the missions or a game where the path is set for you and there's no deviation you can take, but it's clear what you have to do instead of one where it's like you have to. There might be a puzzle. There might not be a puzzle. You might got, you have to do this, but you don't have to do this. So what what do you think, uh, Pitango? You want to start us off? Well, I'd say let's let's talk, let's at least just establish the extremes. So I, I've decided. So like let's say like no deviation would be like Crash Bandicoot. There is a clear yeah. path that is the only way you can go, uh, and then let's say Skyrim is the extreme. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's it's hard. I mean, I think that more open world is more often better because you're giving people options to do things outside of the story, and you don't have to just like commit to what they're do to what they tell you to do and everything. With that said, I played some really amazing games that really don't allow for a lot of deviation, such as what I was almost going to say is my uh, best uh, best game in the past ten years, uh, Uncharted Two. Oh, good pick. Yeah, the Uncharted the Uncharted games. All of them, actually. They really don't offer much deviation. There's really no, like, free roaming and everything. But they are fun as hell, and they're amazing. It's like being... It's like playing in a movie. Um, but then, with that said, Skyrim's amazing. I Yeah, I really don't have a consensus on this, because I think that they both offer really good things. But I think I think open world is more is good more often. Do you like a game that would be a sort of a combination of both, where you get to a certain point and it directs you to where you need to go. Yeah. It's yeah. Borderlands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was also going to say like, a, like, like Bioshock. 
like the first one because like that it 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 feels open world but it also feels like you're on a path kind of at the right. same time because you can go anywhere but like you don't really you just go like where they tell you there aren't to go too many side missions yeah there yeah there's really not a lot right. of side missions you know so you know so i'd say you know i i do think the best of both worlds is awesome all right steve yeah i have to agree um might be playing middle of the fence but yeah best of both worlds um as you were saying like uh, Grand Theft Auto, you know, um, even in the stories, they basically, you have this open world, but when it comes to story time, boom, you're pretty much just getting pipelined. But um, yeah, also on the other hand, all a lot of our greatest games or original games were just one path. That was it. Mario Brothers, etc. I mean, you had your, your choice of picking a world that you want to warp to or whatever, but really that was just the straight and narrow. But more so, I lean to something more open world just because there's more options. If I want to play with my friends, normally there's an option for that. If I want to play by myself, there's an option for that. Um, I most of the games I do own are pretty much open world at this time. So yeah, I would have to say either a I can go with whatever, but um, both is the best way to go. Melding both together is just is a, it's a great creation. And there have been a couple of flops, but most of the time, if you look at the the record, a lot of open world games that are done well are, are pretty well selling and pretty well put together. Ivan? Yeah, I agree with them too. I, I think a mix of both it is usually better. It usually depends because when I, I remember when Modern Warfare the first one came out, they basically just tell you where to go. But man, was that good! That, that was good to play. But they they made you go. Um, a lot of uh, open world I don't really play as much, but unless you count Borderlands, because I don't think I have the time to do Skyrim or besides GTA. But GTA is 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 just something special. You can't <laughs> you can't really do it. The last open world besides GTA that I played was what Saints Row the Third. And they lost me with the fourth, so... GTA is more okay. therapy than anything else. Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. That's the one game where you can do whatever the fuck you Especially want. Especially living here in the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, I just got home. Some guy cut me off. I'm so pissed. Let me go play some Grand Theft Auto and kill some hookers. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It, right. that's, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Big Cam? I'm a purist, man. Give me a target. Give me a goal. And I'm going to go get it. I, you know, I do like how we all keep referencing Destiny. You know, you have your... Uh, ways where you can deviate from certain things. You you pursue bounties if you don't if you're not you know completing the story, or you can go online. But for the most part, I want a target. Uh, I grew up off of. I mean, we all grew up off of the Nintendo World One side scroll your way all the way through. Um, <laughs> you know, I I enjoy at the end of the day if you make it compelling, like Uncharted, how P Tango said. You have to make it, the challenge for the developers is to make it worth your while. Yeah. I mean, you can't just give me a target like Ninja Gaiden and it's so unattainable where I'm going to throw the disc out the fucking window. <laughs> you know? I did the same thing. I love Ninja Gaiden. No, stop. It's a great Frisbee. The newer one? <laughs> Difficult and painful. Yeah. Dude, yeah, but you know, you, it has to be something where if, if you're going to make it tough, at least have a workaround or something. I, I don't know. It's, it, it's just too much space is a problem. Skyrim to me is like its own civilization i'm like i already live in my world i can't be in Dude, your world i bought it for 10 bucks and i don't play it at all uh, skyrim yeah I, I love it you don't like happiness no no, no i love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and options it's it's, it's, too, it's a good it's coaster too, it's too it's much coaster. it's so much to do at, at one time i have video game add at times so okay. basically all if right. i'm not compelled or if you're not pushing me in a certain direction and I have all this world I'm going to get lost in the world and eventually I'm going to go to something, not even purposely, but go to something where I have a, go a set goal that I know I can hit. I had a really bad analogy I was going to say. No. <laughs> I was going to say, because he said it's too much to do. I'm like, is it like sex? Is it like, you want me to eat you out, play with your pussy and mess with your nipples at the same time? That's too much. No, I, I'll just sit here. Nah, nah, I'm okay. 
<laughs> There's still a certain amount of options that you have. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny throughout this whole conversation, you know how old I am? I'm sitting there saying, what about Contra? Contra. <laughs> oh, I still play that. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. There you go. <laughs> Contra? And for now. <laughs> Boy, that's like, what? Oh, I, I, forget, I forget how old P. Tango is. <laughs> so there you have it. Our video game battle royal. No bloodshed, no weapons needed, but eagles are intact and bonus level achieved. And hopefully we'll be getting at that soon. I want to take time out to thank P. Tango, a.k.a. Patrick, El Stevo, a.k.a. Steve, Mr. Cooper, a.k.a. Ivan, and Big Kev, a.k.a. Kev. But, guys, where are you going? Don't go anywhere. Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the Go. Was that uh, was my mouth too close? Yes. Have, I, I have, have you heard that before? Yes. <laughs> he just didn't enjoy the tongue. <laughs> he didn't enjoy the tonguing. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a little bit more than I need to know. But yeah. Well, I'm just angry because my spider hating sense is tingling in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you referring to? Oh, MFG? I don't know there. We've gotten some weird people visiting in here. <laughs> ma- ma- matter of fact, I think the last time we had a podcast, somebody was running their mouth about that. Yeah, you know, they run their mouths, but, you know, they're, they're sitting over there enjoying that, that special pizza that we had made for them. <laughs> you want to know why it's called special, huh? Yeah, you don't want to know. <laughs> all right. You know you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we never make it under a minute. But, hey, we have guests. We have company. It's been a good show. Let's try it. Yeah, sure. Mm. <laughs> all right. Ready, set, go. You are building a superhero team from scratch. What is the first superhero type that you need? A true leader, somebody with super strength, someone with super intelligence, or someone with superpowers? Mike. Someone with super money. <laughs> oh, the Batman idea. Okay. <laughs> Ralph. Someone with super tech. You don't even use the answers I give you? No. Nope. You give shitty answers. Wow. <laughs> That's why you're not allowed to answer these Whatever. things. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> what? What would be the slogan for the law firm um, run by She-Hulk, Harvey Birdman, and Daredevil's Matt Murdock? Ralph. We rise above all the envy of our competitors and find the solutions they can't see. (laughs) Mike. Uh, I didn't see that green chick. (laughs) Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are the only characters that will be featured in both X-Men franchise movies and Avengers movies. What do, do you think the Beast... Could be have similar treatment, and would it be successful? Time is up. We'll go anyway. Mike? Uh, no, he wouldn't. But if you skinned him, I'd use him as a throw rug. <laughs> wow. Peter's going to be right after us after this one, too. <laughs> Ralph? Yes and maybe? Yeah, yes and maybe? Yes and maybe. Or you want to call me, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Shake it off. Um, <laughs> what, what could comic writers do to give some more punch to all the superheroes with wings? Ralph? Take off their wings and put them in a tank. Ooh. <laughs> Mike. Uh, have the lame archers shoot them out of the skies and then get crushed by their bodies. <laughs> Wait, lame archers? Meanwhile, you love yourself some arrow? I love arrow. I don't like the archers, though, otherwise. <laughs> and last... But I'm th- a complicated man. Yeah, you are complicated. <laughs> That's one word for it. Last question. Crossover time. Since Disney owns both Marvel and Star Wars, which Marvel villain would make an excellent Sith Lord? Ralph. The one on this man's t-shirt. Doom. <laughs> okay. Doom. All right. Mike. 
You are a fool to ask. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I thought somebody was going to say Magneto. I thought Magneto. That was my No, that choice. would be you. <laughs> You're not allowed to answer. So oh, yeah, I'm not allowed to answer. Yeah, but fuck it. All right, so uh, that was another great show. But let me give some shout outs before we're done. Shout out to Jazz with your new show, Nerd with the Word. Everybody check it out if you haven't checked it out already. Shout out also to Bosch and Cheyenne, who are back on track with their four life podcast. Check them out as well. And also, shout out to Gabe, who probably still isn't listening. Gabe, you're being lame. Stop. Listen. Is, is he being as lame as Aaron? Wow. No. Aaron, Aaron, I didn't say it. He said it. She won't know. <laughs> she'll she'll hit me 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, that was so messed up. <laughs> Any shout outs from you, gentlemen? Uh, I like to shout out to myself. Why well, don't even ask you, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the shout out to Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you have it for the show. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, RT Square, Ralph the Tech, P Tango, El Stevo, Big Kev, and Mr. Cooper. What are they dead back there? <laughs> <laughs> this is the cap saying too much special pizza. Keep ah. it geeky. You love interrupting me, don't you? <laughs> no, we don't like to interrupt you. <laughs> this is the cap. But anyway, that's what I was saying. Oh, motherfuckers, keep it geeky. Knock, knock. And it- <laughs> Goodbye. See you in two weeks. <laughs>